This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. One of the most underrated parts of a trip is that flight home. And that's why Delta Airlines tries to make you feel at home long before you even get there. Now, for somebody like me that's a homebody, feeling at home in the air is very valuable to me. And I love to curate that comfortable experience. And what I love about Delta is they have over a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. They have Wi-Fi so I can do anything else that I want to do on my devices. They have great food and drink, and it just creates a positive end to my trip. They have fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members, more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment, and they have premium food options and beverages like herbal teas, cold brew, sparkling wine, and more. All of the comforts that you'll find at home, you can find in a flight experience that feels made just for you. You may not be home yet, but Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit more like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media, an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny His way. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. Shout out to everybody who interacts with the Spotify podcast where it asks, how did you like this episode? Um, And just various things. So thank you for those who have recently given the kind words after the episodes. I appreciate it. You know, with podcaster, essentially, especially if you are a single hosted show like me, I'm talking to myself. (laughs) So it's always great to see your reaction. So if you have a moment, please respond if you're listening to Spotify on what you thought about the episode. If you're listening on YouTube, leave us a comment and also please leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening to the podcast to let people know that Blessed and Bossed Up is that girl, okay? (laughs) Now, today's episode, I want to discuss some leadership lessons from the Bible, specifically the book of Joshua. And some of the lessons I pulled are from Joshua as a person and also from the book. Right now in the society, we are we have a challenge for the whole group where we're doing the Bible in a year. And one of the days, our assignment was to read Joshua 1 through 5. And I got so many lessons just from 1 through 5 that that's literally shaping this whole podcast episode. So I'm going to give you the same assignment that we had in this society where I want you to read through Joshua 1 through 5 and see if you got some of these lessons that I got or if you got some more and share those with me. Before we get started, I want to just talk about the society for a second. I am so grateful for what God is doing. Over the last however many years, since 2018, the society has been an extension of the podcast. And I created it because 
I was just stressed as I was growing in faith and business where I felt like I was able to find faith-based settings and I was able to find business settings, but I wasn't able to find settings and community that integrated both. And it was frustrating as an entrepreneur who loves God, who believes in making him the CEO of my business. It, I just felt like I never fully fit anywhere. And in true entrepreneur fashion, I, that just meant that I created it. And that's how the society is born. And this organization has helped so many women over the years. But I am excited to update you a bit on what's going on in the society because we're taking things to a new level this year. And I really want you to be a part. We are now an official nonprofit organization. So my new nonprofit, the Anchored Media Foundation, is now the home of the society. And this is amazing because we are going to be able to raise funds. Remember in December, I uh, put the link out there for us to be able to raise funds. I usually just keep it in the community, but I brought it to the podcast in at the end of last year. And we were able to raise money and send money to members to help uh, meet the needs of their families for the holidays. And so now by us being a nonprofit organization, all of our members, their dues are going to be charitable contributions that they can write off on their taxes. Whenever we get donations, whether you donate or organizations donate, they'll be able to get that tax deduction. And we're also be able to get tangible supplies and tools for people's businesses. So computers, microphones, if you're starting a podcast, any type of technology and supplies that you may need for your business, we'll be able to supply that. And of course, continue to meet the tangible needs of paying bills and providing food and various resources. Like we are just going to be able to do so much by having that 501c3 status. And I am extremely excited about it. Once we get that official letter, I'm going to come back to the podcast and let you know about our giving campaigns so that you can be able to give and you can also be able to write that off and know that you're giving on good ground. We also have a leadership program that we're implementing into the society so that people can continuously grow and be elevated in their gifts and use their gifts for the community. If you would like to see what the society is all about, we have a challenge that's actually coming up from February 19th to February 26th. So it's one week. You join the society for free for the duration of this challenge. Every quarter we do a challenge and the theme for Q1 is forward. As we start this new year, we are moving forward with the Lord. And it's designed to propel us into our purpose and our God-given destiny. Some of the things you can expect from the fast, we do daily prayer calls Monday through Friday. We have we fast from food daily uh, throughout the course of the fast for a set time period. We have devotionals and reflection that go out every single day. Of course, you'll be a part of our community and have access to all the other members as well as all the other content that we've had since 2018, ranging from business to finances, to family life, to marriage, to, of course, your personal relationship with God, to Bible studies. We have so much content. And as you're here for the challenge, you get access to all of that content as well. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about the society, to learn more about our upcoming challenge and to join us, activate that free trial so that you can join us and move forward with us and all the things that God has planned for our community and for you. All right, let's talk about some leadership lessons, specifically from Joshua chapter one through five. Now, let's give some context specifically from my study Bible. I'm also going to link my study Bible in the show notes as well. 
we know you have to, have to, have to read the word of God. You have to study it. You have to understand it so that you can apply it. But I understand that the reason why some folks don't read their Bible the way that they should is because they don't understand it. Now, I don't think that that is an excuse at all. So I'm going to provide you a resource that has been very helpful for me from the very beginning. This is my same Bible that I bought when I first rededicated my life to Christ. And it is so integral and and it has been so integral in helping me understand the word. It has commentary. It has the themes, the statistics, the the dictionary in the back. It has an index. It has maps, everything to provide context and understanding so that I I can apply the word. And so I want you to have a tool that you can use to truly be able to study the word. So the introduction says, remember, follow the leader. The idea was to mimic the antics of the person in front of you and the line of boys and girls winding through the neighborhood. Being a follower was all right, but being the leader was the most fun, creating imaginative roots and tasks for everyone else to copy. In real life, great leaders are rare. Often, men and women are elected or appointed to leadership positions, but then falter or fail to act. Others abuse their power to satisfy their egos, crushing their subjects and squandering resources. But without faithful, ethical, and effective leaders, people wander. For 40 years, Israel had journeyed a circuitous route through the wilderness, but not because they were following their leader. Quite the opposite was true. With failing faith, they had refused to obey God and conquer Canaan. So they wandered. Finally, the new generation was ready to cross the Jordan and possess the land. Having distinguished himself as a man of faith and courage, Joshua was chosen to be Moses' successor. This book records Joshua's leadership of the people of God as they finished their march and conquered the promised land. Joshua was a brilliant military leader and a strong spiritual influence, but the key to his success was his submission to God. When God spoke, Joshua listened and obeyed. Joshua's obedience served as a model. As a result, Israel remained faithful to God throughout Joshua's lifetime. The book of Joshua is divided into two main parts. The first narrates the events surrounding the conquest of Canaan. After crossing the Jordan River on dry ground, the Israelites camped near the mighty city of Jericho. God demanded the people to conquer Jericho by marching around the city 13 times, blowing trumpets and shouting. Because they followed God's unique battle strategy, they won. After the destruction of Jericho, they set out against the small town of Ai. Their first attack was driven back because one of the Israelites had sinned. After the men of Israel stoned Achan and his family, purging the community of its sin, the Israelites succeeded in capturing Ai. In their next battle against the Amorites, God even provided extended daylight to aid them in their victory. Finally, after defeating other assorted Canaanites led by Jabin and his allies, they possessed most of the land. Part two of the book of Joshua records the assignment and settlement of the captured territory. The book concludes with Joshua's farewell address and his death. Joshua was committed to obeying God, and this book is about obedience. Whether conquering enemies or settling the land, God's people were required to do it God's way. In his final message to the people, Joshua underscored the importance of obeying God. He said, so be very careful the love to love the Lord your God and choose today whom you will serve. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Read Joshua and make a fresh commitment to obey God today. Decide to follow your Lord wherever he leads and whatever it costs. 
So that's an introduction to the book of Joshua. Now, again, I'm going to zone in on chapters one through five and some lessons that I got for the sake of this podcast. But I want you to go and read the entire thing using your study Bible, because I want you to truly internalize this because Joshua had a big mission. He was leading the next generation of Israelites into the promised land. The previous generation had wandered and everybody had died off because they had refused to obey God. And even before we get into the leadership lessons, just the context of this text is so important. And why I always say there's nothing that we deal with today that's not in the word. Joshua had a lot of responsibility. Something that I believe burdens a lot of us as we're building what God has called us to build is the responsibility of it, the pressure. We've had many episodes around the subject of the pressure of being called. Talk about pressure leading a whole generation into the promised land when the previous generation disobeyed God. That is pressure. We talk about generational curses. This whole generation is dealing with the generational curse of their ancestors' disobedience. Moses didn't even enter the promised land because he disobeyed God as well. So I can only imagine the like my shoulders are getting tense as I'm saying it's like I could only imagine how heavy that might have felt for Joshua. And I want to emphasize that because I want us to not just read the text, but to put ourselves in the text, because a lot of the same human emotion and difficulties and stress that these people went through are applicable for us today. And that's why I was just I, I loved reading this reading assignment because I got like six lessons just from five chapters. Something to think about for myself as God has called me to be a leader. And I feel like the responsibility and weight that I have is heavy. There are so many things that have stood out to me as I read the text. The first one is that Joshua served Moses for 40 years. Four, zero. Can I be honest with you? I personally don't know if I could be somebody's assistant for 40 years. I'm I'm just keeping it real. But this level of servanthood is one that we need to make sure that we internalize and that we exemplify. I'm sure because Moses, or excuse me, Joshua was a brilliant military strategist. He didn't get smart once God appointed him as the leader. I'm sure he was brilliant from day one. That's how he got into that position. Him and Caleb were the only two that went and scouted the promised land and was like, yeah, we could take it while everybody else was scared. So he already was smart. He already had a level of skill set and understanding. He already had a mindset of strategy. So to be following or assisting Moses for that long and watching even the mistakes that Moses made and the, the things that he went through and to continue to just stay in that role and not try to overthrow Moses and then become the leader prematurely, but to serve and assist for 40 years, that level of humility. I, when I read this, I'm like, God, give me that level of humility, because, again, I'm, I'm, I can only be honest. It would be very difficult for me to be an assistant for 40 years, because at some point I know myself, I'm going to be like, this is dumb. Like, I'm, I'm good. 
Or I would be like, guys, so you want me to lead these people? Did you not see the craziness that their parents was on? So now I got to just act like they don't have that same DNA and lead them across the promised land. Moses, you called to lead these people out of uh, slavery. And he ain't even entered the promised land because he was so fed up with him. He did, with them, he disobeyed you. Like, this is too much. <laughs> Tell me about myself. Would you feel the same way? If you really assess the situation, would you feel the same way? Or would you be like, you know what, I'm going to take over. Once you saw everything that the people of Israel put Moses through, you would have been like, you know what? All right, Moses, I got this. Would you have done that? This episode is brought to you by Rosetta Stone. I've been telling you guys that I'm planning a trip for my husband's milestone birthday that he has coming up. And as we choose which location we actually want to go to, I'm thinking a lot about learning a new language once we narrow it down. Because when I get there, I want to throw myself into the culture, into the language. And a part of that is learning exactly the language that they speak ahead of me getting there, right? Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning platform available on desktop or as an app, and that it truly immerses you in the language that you want to learn. I'm most excited about the track record of Rosetta Stone because, I mean, they've been trusted experts for 30 years. Millions of users in 25 languages offered. I mean, Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish. They have fast language acquisition. So Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. So no English translations. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. They have an intuitive process so that you pick up language naturally, first with words, then with phrases, and then sentences. And overall, it's designed for long-term retention. They have speech recognition, so a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. So it's like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's convenient. So again, those desktop and app options with audio companion and ability to download lessons offline. And best of all, amazing value. Lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Blessed and Bossed Up listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. It's that season, y'all. And by season, I mean allergy season. I'm someone who has seasonal allergies and it's the worst. My nose gets stuffy. My throat gets scratchy. Sometimes I'll come on and want to record my podcast and sound like a grown man. But Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. 
I have been using Claritin D for many years. One of the biggest struggles that I have with my allergies is that they usually cause sinus problems as well. So Claritin D has been such a relief for me because it addresses not just the allergies, but the sinus issues that happen as a result of the allergies. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. So just really put yourself in the text and think about how you would respond to that situation. And we don't know how Joshua felt about the assignment. I don't remember reading that. But what we do know is that he listened and he obeyed. And he understood the season. He understood his assignment. He understood his role and he played his role until God decided that his role was going to be different. So he knew and was appointed as Moses' assistant and he played that position well until God deemed fit for him to lead. And that is something that we have to really take to heart as we're building things and as we're on our purpose assignments, that we need to play the role that we're in, do it well, serve well, even if we are smarter than our role, even if we have more skill than our title, say, even if we're capable of more, whatever season God says is the season for us, we need to be content in that season, faithful in that season until God decides that that season changes. We don't need to take things into our own hands and we can deal with our, how we feel about it and all of our emotions on the back end, because no matter how smart we are, God is smarter. No matter how strategic we are, he's more strategic. No matter how great of leaders we are, he's better. He's God for a reason. And we have to remember that. So that was the first lesson I pulled. The second one I pulled is that God instructs and encourages before he dispatches. God instructs and encourages before he dispatches. Let me read chapter one, verses one through nine. Now, remember, I've read the intro, so we already set the scene. This is the very first chapter of the very first book. The heading says, The Lord's Charge to Joshua. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness, y'all these names, to the south, to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. 
meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my commandment. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, again, the lesson here is God instructs and encourages before he dispatches. But I want to zoom in a bit on the instruction, because I believe as we're building things for God and we're going out and starting these businesses and all of that, we're looking for blueprints. But God doesn't give you the full plan. He gives you your first set of instructions and then he gives you the way in which you need to carry out these instructions. And then with that, he encourages you. So he told Joshua multiple times, three times within what I read to be strong and courageous. He told him how he was going to be successful in this instruction. And this is how we are going to be successful in anything that we do. He said, again, be strong and courageous. That's a point that was emphasized. He said, obey the law. And then he said, constantly, meaning continually, consistently, not a couple times a week, not once every other day, not only on Sundays, stay in your word, meditate on it day and night, read and study it. And only then will you be successful in all that you do. With that, Joshua had everything that he needed to embark on this journey. With that, we have everything that we need to embark on this journey. One of the mega themes of this whole book is faith. In my study Bible, I actually highlighted this. It says faith begins with believing that he can be trusted. Faith begins with believing that God can be trusted. If you're in a space where you are struggling with obeying God, I will challenge you to challenge your own disbelief. Do you believe that he can be trusted? Because if you did, you really wouldn't be sweating the things that you're sweating right now. Anytime that I'm in a position to where I feel like I'm stressing out about the assignment, I need to take a step back because that is an indicator that my belief has been placed somewhere that it doesn't need to be in. Because if it was anchored where it was supposed to be, then I could be confident and settled in the fact that God would do what he said. I could be confident and settled that for as long as I'm being strong and courageous, I'm obeying his word and I'm constantly reading it and studying it. I can be confident that I will be successful in all that I do. So if I am not confident again, or if I'm stressed, that means that there, my, my belief system is rooted somewhere it doesn't need to be and that needs to be addressed. So for you, as you're building things for God, I don't see, and it doesn't say in this part that I read how Joshua felt. Because after verse nine wraps up and the Lord finishes speaking to Joshua, Joshua goes straight to the Israelites in verse 10 and said, Joshua then commanded the officers of Israel, go through the camp and tell the people, like he just goes straight to giving them instruction. There's no in-between, there's no tussle, there's no... And then Joshua went and cried because the plan was hard. Like it was none of that. He went straight to obeying. And that's something that we should all take into account as leaders that we need to obey quickly, that we need to be strong and courageous. That's the answer to whatever emotion or doubt that the enemy tries to plant. Be strong and courageous. You feel like, oh, am I qualified? Be strong and courageous. I don't know, God, I don't feel like be strong and courageous. This doesn't make sense. Be strong and courageous. 
You have to have faith. Faith is confidence in things hoped for, assurance about things unseen. The foundation of faith is believing that he can be trusted. So if you have an obedience problem, you have a faith problem. If you have a faith problem, you have a trust problem. And that needs to be addressed before you go out and do anything for the Lord. The next lesson I got when I was reading this is that your brilliance still has a place in God's plan. When I first got the revelation that God needed to be the CEO of my business, what I struggled with in actually implementing that was, so where do I fit? And all of this faith and obedience, where does, where do I fit? And if I do something that I think is a good idea, does that mean I'm not obedient? Am I going outside of the will of God if it makes sense to me? It was just this internal struggle and confusion about where I fit in all of this. And I believe that this part of Joshua answers it. And this is why uh, having a study Bible is important because I would have missed this if it wasn't for the commentary in the Bible. So when we go to verse two, so all of verse one, the first part I read was the Lord's charge to Joshua. After the Lord finished speaking to Joshua, Joshua went and spoke to the Israelites. And so after he finished speaking to them, we pick up where in verse two or chapter two, where he uh, sent spies out. And that's where Rahab comes into place. So verse two or chapter two, verse one just says that Joshua secretly sent out two spies to the, to the Israelite camp. He instructed them scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan River, especially around Jericho. So the two men set out and came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there that night. Now, when Moses went set out previously to get the people to the promised land, he also sent out scouts. But Moses sent out 12, one from each tribe that included Joshua and Caleb, who came back with that minority report like, hey, yeah, we could take that land. And everybody else was all scared and didn't want to obey God. So a question that can then come up because God in his charge to Joshua, I read you all of verse one through nine. So you have heard on this episode, everything God said to Joshua. So God didn't tell him how many spies to go send out. He didn't tell him to send out spies at all. God simply told him that it's time for you to lead these people to possess the land that I swore to their ancestors that I will give them. And then God goes straight into encouragement. So this means that at this point, Joshua then took the liberty of how he was going to enter into the land. Of course, taking into account the way that it was done the first time, because remember, he was Moses' assistant. So taking into account that you needed spies to go and scout out the land. So the question that you could ask when reading this is why did he send two verses 12 like was done previously? And also, why did he send them out secretly? So my study Bible answered this question for me. It said, why did Joshua send the spies secretly? As far as he knew, he would be attacking a heavily fortified city using conventional warfare tactics. He needed strategic information about the city for the upcoming battle. But he also knew that this might draw criticism from the other leaders. After all, the last time the spies were sent, the report they brought back caused disastrous problems. While he did not want to move ahead without information, he also did not want to cause the people to stumble and question his wisdom and ability to lead the nation. So this decision was based on wisdom from what happened the last time and also based on strategy and sense that Joshua had. 
So he used his brilliance here to make the best decision for the mission, to make the best decision for God's plan, and also make the best decision in consideration for God's people. Another example that God gives us the liberty to use our skill sets and our minds and our intellect to see his plan out is if we jump ahead to chapter four, it says, and this is where they had already crossed the Jordan River on dry ground and they were building a memorial. So it says, when all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, now choose 12 men, one from each tribe. So God is telling him here, now choose. He didn't say, take this person, take that person, take this person, that, take that person. Now, sometimes God will, but sometimes he'll let you decide because he trusts who he chose to carry out his mission. The way that you know the difference for us today is through the Holy Spirit. This is the Old Testament. So the Holy Spirit was not sent yet. Us today We have the Holy Spirit, our advocate, our intercessor, our guide, our teacher. That's how you know the nuances and the specifics when you need to decide when you need to fall back, when you need to go ahead and tap into your intellect or when you need to just trust God, when you need to hear the specifics of how he wants things done or where you have liberty to do things a certain type of way. All of those various nuances of us building How we know what to apply what when is through relationship. Even though this is the Old Testament and Joshua didn't have the Holy Spirit, he had a relationship with God to where he completed the instruction. He went back to the Lord and got more instruction and then he completed that instruction. And so for us, we have it even better by having the Holy Spirit because in real time, he will guide us. He will direct us. He will correct us. He will reveal. So as you're building and you're on your assignment, trust God and trust yourself and trust the spirit that indwells in you to direct you in real time as you go. I love reading the word because it always just grounds me. I know people say go outside and put your feet in the grass. No, no, no. Open your word and put your head in the Bible. That's going to ground you. I have three more. So, so far, we the points that I pulled out was that Joshua served Moses for 40 years, 40 whole years, four decades. I'm still like, man, that's a long time. God instructs and encourages before he dispatches. And the last point was your brilliance still has a place in God's plan. And within that, trust him, trust yourself and trust the spirit that indwells in you. I have three more, but I'm going to actually just pause it right here for the sake of time. And then we'll pick that up next week. Let me know what you thought about the episode. Leave us a five-star review. Join us in the society for our challenge that's coming up. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys and I'll see you in the next one.